Ladies and gentlemen, the Adult Baby Show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Adult Babies Podcast, episode 119. I am B. I'm Chick. And I'm Chris. And we have a very special guest, uh, comedian Sean Donnelly is with us tonight. Thank you, Sean. Hey, what's up guys? How are you? Thank, Thank you, you Sean. Thanks for coming on. on. We're man. excited to have you. Of course, my pleasure. Yeah, you're a, you're a, you're a nice uh, guest for us. You know, usually it's it's our friends from <laughs> down the street. <laughs> occasional comedian comes on, but you're like a real comedian. Well, you know what you're I'll tell you. You're a real comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. We I did a show with when we did that show for Brendan, and the yeah. show was. I was just telling my roommate. I was like, that show was so amazing. I always have fond memories of Brendan now. Now I I, I love Brendan oh, because of how I'm also a great guy, but that show was phenomenal that we did. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, there, a lot of people I'm sure that listen to this have probably went to that show. They've been to a lot of those. Uh, that you were on the first Croxley show that I ever did. Um, and that okay, was like, I was going to ask what show that was. Yeah, that was that was the very first show that I did, and that was like a very special show for me because I never put together anything like that. Yeah, and uh, and it turned out it, it turned out pretty good. And you you were uh, you were the headliner for that show. Yeah, I closed it out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, thanks again. That was that was such a oh, it was a fun time. And it's also like I have I I don't know if you knew that. Like I used to hang out at the first Croxleys in Franklin Square. Like yeah, when I was okay. in my early twenties and my like so so Croxleys. I I know the guys who own it. Like I love Croxleys. So so that that helped. That helped make that like a really fun gig because I was like, oh, you know, I'd, like come out on the train and everything, and then I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, I've done. I've, I I usually do those. I do like one one a year, one or two a year. Yeah, yeah, do. that's the feeling yeah. that it had. Yeah, because they're a, you know, it's it's a tough show to get a bunch of people in there. Yeah, dude. So um, that was fun. And uh, what was I gonna say? <laughs> I just yeah, you used to didn't you used to have an open mic at the original at Croxes in in Manhattan or something? Yeah. So before I had enough balls to do comedy, I just wanted to be around it. So one of the things I did was I was like, I'll set up a show. I was like, I'll produce. I won't do it. I'll just produce. And I literally was like, I'll produce my own show. I knew the guys from Croxleys, so I produced a show at the Croxley Ale House in the city. It was on Avenue B and like Second Street. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'll go, I'll host it, but I won't do any jokes. I'll just announce the comics. I don't even know what I was thinking. Like, it was like, I was like, I'll just go up and I, I would like make, I would like my friend, I thought I was Jim Norton back then. This is like 15, 16 years ago. <laughs> so I would go up and just call my, I'd be like, what's up, stupid? I just do a Jim Norton impression, basically. <laughs> and then bring up my, bring up the comics and my, and people that I knew that were doing comedy. So, uh, and then what happened was it, it lasted for six weeks and we were getting people there, but it was in their outdoor area. And they told me that one, they told me that they had to cancel it because of noise complaints from the apartment building next door. And then my buddy who, who does carpentry, he made a stage for us, like, like a, like a, like a four or five inch stage. And they go, Oh, the stage was stolen one night. I go, that, that makes no what? sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who, would, who, who comes in and steals plywood from the back of some, you know, <laughs> So was that like your first dabbling with comedy though? Is that how you got yeah. into it? Yeah, that's so I wanted to do it really bad. I, in Long Island, when I was living out there, the the first actual experience was I was dying to do it, and I went to there used to be an open mic at you know where International Buffet is on Stewart Avenue, you know that yeah. place? Yeah, yes, yes. You know, so that place had an open mic years ago, and I was like, I'm going to do it. I got my notebook, I got my five minutes written, I'm going to do it, and I walked in. And everybody's sitting there writing in their books and getting ready to go. And it didn't start yet. And I was like, I looked at that. I took one look and I got too freaked out and I walked out. Oh, my God. oh really? And, yeah. And Jeez. then I was like, fuck it. I'll just be around it. And I was, I was like, not trying it for a long time, not trying it. And then I, the, I produced that show at Croxley's that lasted six weeks. And then the, the reason I got, the reason I'm, I do comedy, one of the reasons I do comedy is because of Joe DeVito. Because, oh, um, Joe DeVito. because we met Joe DeVito from doing the show at Croxley's me and my friend, my friend Blaine, and then what happened was Joe was running a show at Jack Dempsey's on 33rd Street. So he goes, 
why don't you guys come down and help me with that? So I was just, this is how much I just wanted to be around it. I was handing out flyers with no stage time and no pay. I was just, it's like barking without getting off. Barking with no rewards. Who barks with no rewards? Oh my God. It was like the worst indentured servant situation yeah. ever. They were probably wondering, like, what is this guy doing? Yes, but to his credit, DeVito one time, he told me, he goes, you know, there's an open mic around the corner at this place, Maui Taco. I think after you're done, because, of course, you're handing out the flyers, after you're done, go check it out and see if you might want to go up there. So I went around the corner, and it, and you guys know how open mics are. It was so bad. It was, I've never <laughs> been to an open mic before. It was so bad that I was like, Oh, I could be that bad. Like I could, I could, I could do what that guy is doing, and that's the only reason I got enough confidence. So two weeks later, I had walked in there. I had two shots of tequila and a Corona, and I went up and did it for the first time. Oh man! Oh wow! Now, how awesome. was the first time? Would you call it a success? Yeah, but 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 only. Be, I think most people's most people do have a success the first time. I think because first off, you've thought about it so much. There's a lot of adrenaline, and a, I think I think they can almost smell it on you that it's your first time. And they're like, even if they don't know it, they're more supportive. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So I had a couple of good ones in a row, and then I my fourth and fifth time, I ate my dick. I fucking ate it, and then. <laughs> And then I, I just kept going with it, and then, and then it was just back and forth, back and forth. I don't know, I don't know how I stayed with it uh, in, the, in that stage. The Maui, Maui Taco was like a rough, rough open mic. It was like, yeah, I've heard of Maui. That was before my time, uh, but I, I've heard of that place. A lot of people mention Maui Taco. Dude, I'll, I'll give you the scene. It was like uh, people eating their tacos and other comics, other open micers, and then you, the, where, you did this, where you did the show, where the show was – you were in front of a scene, like a Hawaiian scene with a fake, a fake VW bus coming out of the wall. Oh and, and also you were standing on these two milk crates that were stacked, that were placed side by side with like this weird blanket over it. And that was the stage. And it was like a shitty sound system. And it was like people had, were half paying attention to you. It was like really bad. It was like bad. That's great. That's I awesome, remember man. I had a few times when I started – Go, like trying to do open mics in the city and I had the same experience where I was like I was sort of I wanted to do it but I was terrified to do it and I remember the first time I went down I was supposed to do uh it might have been like the Greenwich Village one of those you know uh, one of those clubs down there and uh I went there and then I wa same thing I walked in and I got too intimidated and I just went to the bar down the street and just got drunk and I'm like yeah I, I, just, I can't do it yeah, that's and how it goes. Finally, finally bring, get the courage to do it. Do you, yeah, that's, how, that's how it goes. Do you think it's harder to get up the first time or the first time after you bomb? Like, I think it's harder uh, to get up the first time. Okay. Because I, at, least you have the, at least you have the history of doing well in your head from if, you, if you've already done well. That's true. I, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Dude, I'll tell you this. Because I, because at least that gives you a little bit of confidence. The first time <laughs> I go up, I had zero confidence. I used to bark for a show at, um, uh, not Greenwich in Greenwich Village, but at uh, Village Lantern. This yeah. guy Colin Kane had a show there, and it was actually a pretty good deal. So what happened is you would bark for an hour, uh, right? Hand out flyers, and then uh, people would come in. The, the the show would go. He'd have like three or four people open for him. He would do a half hour, and he put the barkers after him. So some of the people would leave, but you'd have about thirty people watch you do five minutes, which wasn't bad. That's it really bad, wasn't bad. Man. Not bad and at the, all. The lantern's got a cool. Uh like their basement area is really cool. Yeah, that's where it was. That's yeah. this is before they switched upstairs. So, but I had two back-to-back -back fucking shows that I don't know how I kept going. One of them, I was bombing so badly that the guy, some guy in the second row, to his friend, to his friend, said, this guy's terrible. Like, under his breath. <laughs> he goes, this guy's terrible. And he wasn't even trying to heckle. Like, that's how bad it was. He was just, it was just so quiet, I could hear him talking about how shitty I was. <laughs> so that was that, right? And then the, after that, then the second night, same thing. I just bombed really badly. And then I, I came to the back, the, back of the, um, uh, the back of the stage, and one of the other Barker, he goes, hey, good job, man. I go, no, it wasn't, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> And he goes, he goes, yeah, man, but that's what comedy's about. It's all about bombing. And I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, what do you? I'm like, what the? What does that mean? What are you a maniac? And and that kid is this kid that was a, an amazing barker but a terrible comedian. Well, there you go. That's why. 
yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. if you go into it trying to bomb, <laughs> that's your problem right there. Well, I think he thinks like what he really meant was there's ups and downs and everybody, right. everybody, everybody bombs would have been a better thing to say. That's a better thing to much say. Much better. Yeah, much better. But but you go, that's what it's about, man. It's about bombing. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Nobody has ever thought that. Oh, God, that's brutal. Oh, that yeah. makes me laugh. I love people's stories when they were first starting and like the bombing experiences because those are the things that to me make a comic a comic. Because, oh, sure. Like, you know, it, it's easy to get up there when you're killing it, but when you keep coming back after having some rough outings, because I, I don't do the comedy, but when I've seen B, like, that's what I think is tough getting up for the open mics because there's uh, nobody there. Yeah, open mics can be brutal, and I ha I, I don't do I've done them in the and like recently, but I don't do as much as I used to, obviously. But like, I um, they can be. There's ones that are just people are actively not laughing. You have ones people are just looking in their books. People are talking to each other. People in the back of the room. People are waiting to go up and they're leaving. So I used to run one that we tried to make really diplomatic. We used to do it at this place called uh, Comics, which is not open anymore. That's. They closed that. that. Where was that? Was that in the East Village? No, it was 14th Street and 9th Avenue. It was Meatpacking okay. District. Yeah. It was just a bad, bad place for a comedy class. It was like a really trendy area. So we used to do ours there. And the guy that I ran it with, it was kind of his mic, but I would host it. But he was this older guy. This guy, John Morrison, had a great idea. He would have, First off, he encouraged brand new people, and he would make sure all the brand new people were on the list because they're audience. When brand new people are starting, you're, still, you're not jaded yet. You're still yeah. laughing at yeah. shit. So you're yeah. audience. So what happens is we would do it where it was a randomized list pretty much. And then we would throw new people on to make it easier. Everybody got four and a half minutes. We would, we would barrel through it. We would, if you had your notebook out, we'd tell you to put it away. Uh, and then also we give away. So you'd be charged, but we never kept a dime. We would give away fit two $50 prizes at the end of the mic. So for the last five comics, there was at least five, 10 people there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that, yeah, they that's didn't have a great idea. Yeah, it was actually worked out. But people got mad because they were like, it's a paid mic. But I'm like, dude, I lost money on that mic. And that guy, John Morrison, was like kind of rich. So he used to buy like when on big like anniversary shows, he would buy like uh, iPods and fucking iPhones wow. and give them away. It was crazy. That's awesome. Damn, dude, that's, that's awesome. a great – because I have done – I've done a ton of paid mics, you know. And it's just – if you get up at the end – you. There's nobody there, and but th that gives a real incentive to for people to stay. Yeah, absolutely. That's great, man. Yeah, Dude, I, it, you put a you put. A, I think it was a video up recently when it must have been when you first did Letterman, and it was so funny. You at the end of it, he has to adjust your tie. Yeah, that so is like the adult baby's theme there, like that. <laughs> so. Uh, what you're absolutely right. And what it was, was that I was there, obviously it was my first, it was my first late night set. I was super, super, uh, nervous for it and all that jazz, you know? And what happens is what you can't tell from the video is that underneath my tie is like, that's where they put the sound pack. That's where they put like the microphone. So the, the, the mic pack part is in my pocket. So that's why my tie is being pulled towards my pocket. So and right, I'm talking like five minutes before I went up. I'm like, this looks awful. So I go to the sound guy and I go, hey, man, can you like fix this before I go? Like, I'm, I'm about to go up. Can you like whatever? And he just takes his hand and pushes it back the other way, like just gently pushes it towards the middle of my body. And I'm like, yeah, I tried that. Like it's, it's, it's something your wire is pulling the mic. So I was like, I was like, screw it. And I just went out there with it. And then at the end of the, of, of the set, he comes up and straightens the tie. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, funny story of my life. Cause I already looked like I shouldn't be wearing a tie anyway. So yeah. is that as like uh, frightening and nerve wracking as your first time doing stand up? Like a TV set? Um, yeah, it's close. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's along the same lines. Cause, cause once you get used to it, uh, and I've gotten, I've done a couple of them, so I've gotten, it's gotten easier, but it's, oh, even now, like I don't get nervous for stand up anymore, but I just, I did Colbert like a year and a half ago and like, you still get butterflies for that. But yeah, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was very comparable to the amount of nervousness bef as before a first set. You just, you just in a different, the, the only difference is the amount of experience that you have, you know, you know what it feels like to be on stage already. So it's a different kind of nervous where you're like, I'm just going to forget all this. Or I'm going to screw up. I'm going to fall and do this. Like you just have like, it's like regular people, public speaking nervousness. Cause you oh, feel yeah. like there's a million people watching you, but yeah, 
Uh, yeah. And then people watched it and they were like, you, you look nervous. I was like, shit, I hope I, I was hoping I didn't look nervous. <laughs> it's also That's a- too, right? It's, it's like not a usual time you would do comedy. Um, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's like early-ish and it's like evening-ish, but the, I'll tell you this much that I've done that same theater twice. Cause there's Ed Sullivan theater. The setup of that theater is a dream setup for stand-up. It's a, it's the best possible theater scenario. It's a super, it looks way bigger on TV. Like it's a super intimate theater. Like you, you can tell where the balcony people are. You can like, they take the camera and they put it in the back of the room. So you don't even know there's a camera right there. Like you don't see, you almost just feel like you're at a theater show and not even like a, I've done the theater shows that are more people. Like this is like a pretty intimate laid back theater show. It'll really, and on top of it, like it's a, you don't feel alienated from the audience. They're right there and you can see them. And it's, it's, it's like a, and that makes it way more fun. You know? Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's definitely got to be great, though. <laughs> just to have it was a let- Letterman fix the tie too. It's just a great experience. But you got to like polish the jokes to make sure they're not. You got to make sure that PC, so to speak, and very clean when you're doing the TV ones, right? Because there's a lot well, more. They work on that. I worked on that set for like six months before we did it. So like they pick what jokes they like of yours, and they're not going to pick ones that are super. First off, I'm not that blue anyway. I'm not that well, yeah, super yeah. political anyway. But like. Um, a lot of it's self-deprecating, a lot of it's goofy shit anyway. So like, but that was a six month process of going back on the order. They had to make sure the language is right. They have to make sure the brand thing is right. Like that the, um, that they can clear certain brands and stuff like that. So oh, like if you mention, if you mention things, you might have to like not mention a certain brand. So that's more oh, of the logistics crazy. of it. than the, you're not just going out and doing like whatever set you want to do. You're working on it for long enough that they're not going to let anything go to, uh, by the wayside like they they know every we also you have to write out the set I don't know if most people know this you write it out like about a week or two before you write out exactly how it's going to go and you send it to them oh because well, they need to know that they do the that's probably for time I would imagine right well what'd you say it's probably for time and content I think so they have it uh, I think per time it's it's not for a tra- it's not like cue card cue cards they just give you bullet points so okay. cue cards and it's not even it's the it's the monitor and you're just seeing the words pop up like the that remind you of your jokes uh one by one but to be honest every late night set i've done i i've barely used the monitor or cue cards yeah i mean i i don't feel like i i would i'm not that at that level at all obviously but uh i feel like that would be a little strange it's sort of going down a different path than what you're used to it throws you off a little bit. Like if I think like, Oh, I better look at that. And then I, but I, but I'm like, if I look over too much, is it going to be noticeable? It's like, I get in my head. So if you know the set, you run the set so much before you do these things, yeah, you or you know. should be that you just, it's like second nature at that point. Yeah. That's uh that's true. So Sean, you are, you're a Long Island guy. You're, you're from, uh, you're, you're what are you garden city or you're you're a little you're like from- it's, it's like floral park that's what makes oh, more okay. sense okay. yeah yeah all right so like right on the border of queens and nassau county so i was gonna say yeah you're right in the border but i went to garden city high school because i we had the same zip code i'm stuart manor but nobody ever knows stuart manor I know the, t- the town is literally six blocks so nobody ever- <laughs> so uh when i tell people i say either i went to garden city high school but but then people think roosevelt field mall when you say garden city so I say Rose, I say Floral Park because I'm like that's right next to where I was, right. or New Hyde Park or or uh, Franklin Square. It was right there. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Um, so now, how is this quarantine and everything? I like asking everybody how they're doing with it, as far as comedic, you know, what your your comedy and and you know your profession is this killing you right now? Like, um. Yeah, you mean as far as like you mean as far as job? You mean the work work goes? I mean like making yeah, money? like do you have are you able to work right now with things completely I, I, I have a radio show that I do that makes me a little bit of money, but I'm on unemployment otherwise, and I've done a couple of paid shows online, but nothing live. So yeah, it's it's yeah, it's affected at like ninety eight percent. Like it's it's yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, right? Yeah, so it's it's that's my that was my only job besides like going for auditions and stuff, which is also slowed yeah, yeah. down. So. Um, yeah, man, definitely affected it. Uh, affected, like, it kind of makes you, th- I don't know about you guys, but, like, it made me think about, like, when this is over, what I want to do and how I want to go about things. And it kind of makes you realize, like, oh, I should have been working harder. I should have been doing this. I should whatever. Like, you kind of have more time to reflect, I think. Uh, but, yeah, as far as, like, stand-up goes, I'll tell you, like, uh, the, the way it went down for me is 
I was doing it so much that the first month, like the month of us like being quarantined, I didn't miss it. I didn't miss it at all. And I actually, I actually invited the break. And that was yeah, like, that's nice. like, and from Sean Donnelly 10 years ago, that's like blasphemy. I'd be like, how dare you say you don't want to go yeah. up on a stand? Like right. you felt like, you felt like this FOMO, like, oh, I'm, if I don't go up, then I'm not doing it. And I'm like, you know, whatever it is. After a while, it, it, I, I'm like, I think of it differently now. Like I, I really do. So, but now by the second month or third month, yeah, I miss it. That's why I like doing the digital shows, like the ones that are stand up or the ones that are theme shows, because it kind of, it's, you can be creative and it's fun. And I did some corporate show the other day, which was crazy. 10 minutes on a corporate show. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. Like, I, it was like, it was kind of like those, those video shows are like, no, they're no stakes, you know? So it kind of like lets you run through your brain a little bit. And like, if you bomb on a Zoom show, I don't give a shit. Like, you know, who cares? <laughs> <right>? <laughs> you just turn who, it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You just turn it off. It's like, who gives a shit if you bomb on a Zoom show? It's like, that's not what I signed up for. All of us, when we started doing stand-up, we, we weren't like, hey, when I was a kid, I used to listen to all those Zoom comedy records. Like, that's not, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, not, that's not the job. The job is being on a live stage. So whatever Zoom is, that's a different thing. It, it kind of has the same the same mold as stand up, but it's, it's a different, it's a different vibe. So I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, my, my, basically my evolution of where I'm at now is I didn't miss it for like a month and I was glad to have the time off. And then now I, I really want to go back. I do want, I want to go back and do it, but I also don't want to go back to what I was just doing. I want, I'd rather go back into it. Like, you know, career wise, like I, I, like I'd rather do the stuff that I want to do where I, where make sure I'm happy with what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Right. No, that's that's a good answer because I mean a lot of people now are being forced to to try different avenues with the creativity because like you said you don't know what the future is going to hold for live shows and, and things of that nature. Yeah, man, and the, the scary part is this: like to me, like I'm a stand-up purist, so like I I appreciate stand people that are good at stand-up. Uh, and what's happening is, and you, the the thing that stand-ups always had in their hip pocket about like YouTube stars and Instagram stars was at least they can't do what we do on stage like they they don't have that but if that yeah. goes away then all the stand-ups have to go into the world of the instagram and tiktok <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's they, like they, going they, into their world now it's their turf man so it's yeah. like their it's their thing of like uh you have to you're 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 beholden to their rules instead of them coming and trying to do like comedy clubs and you hear stories about these fucking youtube stars that go up and eat their dick for 20 minutes and you're so excited <laughs> Because they, they, they've sold out shows and three people come to yours and you're like, I've been doing this 15 fucking, you know, like that, that, that like sour grapes thing, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, but like that's, but, but then you're all, but you do have the, the, the truth of the matter is like, hey, yeah, because stand up is different from show business. Stand up is different from online. Stand up is different than improv and acting and everything. And that was the thing that you can hold on to. And it'll, it'll get back to that. But right now it's, it's just, you know, people are trying to do it different ways, you know? Yeah. We've had, I, I know a, a couple of comics that, that just were like, I think I'm just going to mess around with TikTok. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like we had some comics on the show that they just like, I don't know. I don't know when it's coming back. Yeah. I'm going to try this video stuff out. I'll I tell you, man. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I actually had a, because uh, I'm still early in it. Uh, you know, you, you've been doing it longer than me. Yeah. I have been missing it a lot. And I had, uh, uh, when was it? Two days ago, I had... Uh, actually, an open mic in my backyard. Oh, did you? Yeah. How many um, people showed up? Five of us. <laughs> yeah, whatever. That'll do it. That we works. Had, we had like ten a week ago, and then the day of, a uh, half of them dropped out. I oh, okay. Set, I set up the mic and the PA system in the backyard, but it ended up being like like five of us just hanging out in the backyard, just talking about. <laughs> jokes like hey, what the, the middle of west islip just slinging yeah. jokes yeah. <laughs> i don't even know if you're from there it just sounded funny to say no, but it was it was uh it did feel good to to like actually talk some stuff out with some other comics yeah so it was kind of good to get back to that but i don't know when it's uh, who knows when uh, it's I would say after the summer, hopefully next next year, like we're back ramping up. Maybe next next year, I would guess. I would hope. I would hope. Yeah. And you guys, when they open clubs in the city, are you guys going to be you know early adopters to go back into them, or is there a caution that's still going to be there? I I would. I'm personally um, 
I would go back. I'd go back now and, and just take the, the precautions. Mm-hmm. But I would be I – would, I would spend as little time inside as possible. So yeah. the way you can do it with the city clubs is you can be outside until you're set, run into your set, hop off, and you're out of there. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, like or hosting, like, like running in and out. Like, like I host the cellar a bunch, and just like, you, you can hang out outside and then run down. I was doing that anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the idea of being inside, if it's kind of crowded and there's people, like that's when it starts to get dangerous. So – if you if because it's summer, it's like you can people can just chill outside until it's done. Because I think the way they'll bring it back is they'll bring it back in piecemeal. So I would say we're going to start off with like 20, 30 people, and and then gotta be go from there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So would I early adopter? Yeah, I would. I would do it. I would do it. I, at this point, I would do it. I think things are opening up so much that, but I don't think I don't know if they're gonna. I think they won't be till like July ish that they try try something out. You know what I mean? I agree. Right now, they're they're really slowly opening things back, but people, I feel like, are chomping at the bits too to, to just get back in the swing of things, and that's gonna that's gonna push things forward. I think. Yeah, I I believe that too because people. Um, I was just talking to a friend of mine about this, who's also from Long Island. He's from Franklin Square, and um, he lives in Arizona now. And out there, they're all they're all sorts of fucked up. They're awful out there. They're like. <laughs> They're, they have like huge numbers of uh, they're, they're rising while we're going down. Are they so, really? Yeah. I didn't know they, that. They just declared a state of emergency in, in, in Arizona. Well, you figured Jeez. that was going to sort of head that way. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But they could have nipped it in the bud. They could, uh, absolutely. But yeah. Wow. So anyway, what he, what we were talking about, he's like, well, the thing that's sad about it is like there's a new normal. So now we're going to be like mask culture and all this. And I go, that is true, but it won't be – I don't think it'll be the same as right now with the masks. I think some of those people will stop – like, I'm a guy who – I'll get to a point where I'm not wearing a mask. If there's not an, an imminent danger – like, right now I'm not, but I will – and then I'll, I'll carry around for stores if I have to and stuff like that. But I will get to a point where it, when I think it seems okay, I won't, like, if, if the majority of people and the things kind of phased itself out, I would do that. So – but there will be a newish. But I think I think you're right about that. I think people are chomping at the bit to go back to what it was, and it won't yeah. go 100. percent But I think because of what people do, look at what people are doing. Like in the places they can, they're going out. They're trying to do it. So if it runs its course, like it should, uh, which you hope, but who knows? Then you'll see. Yeah, things will go back to like mostly normal. I think, but you'll still have that tinge of the germophobic society thing of like the social interaction thing of being weird like you're less shaking hands and people won't get mad at it stuff like that like masks uh hand sanitizer in everybody's pocket like stuff like that yeah yeah i've already loosened up and i was early on <laughs> i was i was terrified i was like i'm not going anywhere i'm not doing anything and then you know two days ago i'm like bring everybody let's just have <laughs> yeah. like, no masks but like a month ago i was terrified I, but i well, i can see myself i'm loosening up as every day and that's why i agree with you because me and you specific both of us specifically with the three of us on here chris was like the we were you know we thought he was the one who was going out too much and me and b were very neurotic about you know in the beginning and now i'm or for me to be like i'm over the mask already like i'll bring it just because you don't know when they're going to tell you you have to wear it but i you know i've been golfing and i don't even wear it it's just like you yeah. gotta use your head about it. It's you know, it's yeah, pointless yeah. to wear it. Like I think I'll keep wearing a mask for the foreseeable future in like airports or on the subway. Right, right. Like, that that seems like well, a good idea. Well, even well, also in shops, they're gonna make you walk in with a mask on. Yeah, yes. But that that I don't know if that I don't know if that'll go away for that'll be a while. I think that's another six months. I think at least. Oh and yeah, then, I, I agree. So I, I think that's gonna be for a little while. And and don't and you know what it is and it's it's so funny people are like oh they're they're so mindful I'm like these places are doing it because they don't want to be the ground zero for the new uptick of the cases so that they know it's bad press and the place will shut down if that happens they're only thinking about the future of the business which is smart it's still smart and being careful but that's why they're doing it like they yeah yeah they they could be a little less careful but I actually I have no problems with being uh, being super careful I think that's that's they say I saw a thing that that. They say we avoided 60 million cases in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Good. I'm glad. I didn't and get that'll it. be the biggest thing to see is just to see what happens. Because, I mean, that's what we're all waiting to see is how we get back to, to as close to normal as possible and yeah. to see the steps that it takes. But but somebody brought up a great point, uh, like, in the middle of this. They go, you know, Cuomo's not going to get on TV and go, okay, we're good now. Everybody has to decide for themselves when to take that next step. Like, once – he gets to phase four or Long Island gets to phase four, whatever happens, 
he has to then you everybody everybody for themselves has to decide how far will I go? What am I am I yep. gonna hug people? What am I gonna do? It's like exactly. a per, and it's a, then it's a personal choice. Nobody's making any choices for you. Yeah. The other right. day I was smoking a joint at a social distance gathering, and a friend of mine who I've known since we were, you know, in elementary school almost came over to me and we weren't even thinking, grabbed the joint and hit it. And then it was in my head the rest of the day. I'm like, I got like 14 for two And you can like weeks. feel it in your mouth still. You're like, damn feel, it. I'm like, I, te- I, I texted my friend, his wife, because his wife it was his wife. And I was like, dude, man, I'm not going to lie. I was like, that's in my head now. I'm like, normally I wouldn't care. And I didn't stop her. And I'm like, but it's just yeah. weird now. Now that like that, you know, I would have never. Yeah. About it. It's, it's going to make like germaphobes more hardcore. And then regular people become more germaphobes. Yeah. Here's the thing. The other thing is this, man. Like, I gotta be brutally honest. I might have had it already. I just don't know. I feel that way too. I because I, I had, way, but I got yeah. tested and I didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I didn't get tested, but like, I, I, uh, that's how I feel. Like, the other thing is this. That's why when they were like, you gotta open up the country again. I'm like, they're not wrong. Because I'll tell you why. It's like, because the thing about it is this. It is. It is worth it to let. Certain, let certain businesses open up if it means people getting to the point of poverty where that's un, more unhealthy for them than having COVID. Like right. when, the, when the dangers outweigh each other, then just let people get it and roll the dice so that they can actually live because chances are if they're careful enough, they'll probably won't get it. The percentage will go up, whatever it is. So I actually, that's why you have an argument on both sides. Like after two or three months and you see like, like whatever, what is it? Like however many people are unemployed and stuff like that and won't go back to work or places closing, people losing businesses. When you get to a grand scale of that, where like, where it's, it's like depression level, then that's when you go, Oh no, no, no. That's as unhealthy as the flu. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, so what's I'm the point of everybody staying home and being healthy if the economy fell yeah. apart and you, you know, you're on bread lines. But not eat. just that, like the suicides. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Someone so, said on a podcast that there were more suicides in California since COVID than people who died of it. Yeah, I like, believe that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be like, hey, did you die of COVID? No, I died of an iron deficiency from not getting meals. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, oh, God. Like, I just, I. <laughs> I, well, I could not afford food. I just starved to death. You'd be like, yeah. but I didn't have COVID. I did not have COVID. <laughs> I never got COVID, though. It's so funny, COVID. though, when you think I, of it. I'm living in a van, but I never got COVID. I <laughs> never, never got, got my My wife left me. My kids hate me, you know, but yeah. I never got COVID. Never got just... it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it becomes. It becomes like this. That's where the news comes in, where it's like the news is like, this is the fo- this is the issue in the forefront of it. So everybody, we have like this panic thing going on. And not that I'm saying it was a panic. It wasn't a panic. I actually agree with the measures that were taken, and I follow them to a T. Like I followed them. Yeah. I was I, I haven't, I've been going crazy like everybody else. But what I'm saying is, you can the more if you have a 24 hour news cycle, they have to they just keep talking and talking and talking and talking, yeah. and you're hearing the same info over and over and over again. You're like oh my God, I should be more worried about this because they keep talking about it. Like, there's this weird thing that happens, that's this panic that sets in, this un, unfounded panic that you're like, that, that it could be about anything. You know, like, the minute they, they harp on anything is when people start to worry like, oh, I'm doomed, we're oh, all yeah. going to die kind of thing. You know, the sky is falling. Situation. I felt that way a couple months ago. I, I, I got in, the news hit me where I was like, I was like, this is going to hit, I'm going to get it, I'm going to die. Like, I'm super paranoid to begin with and it just it scared the hell out of me but well but, I now, think, but now i'm good yeah. <laughs> yeah right yeah exactly well you know what you know what's happening is they had so little knowledge of what was going on like you were probably i was doing the same thing because you were like oh people with respiratory diseases are having problems yeah. oh shit and that's still happening but they're like oh it's on surfaces oh it's on boxes for eight days straight like they just making shit up like you know yeah. <laughs> they got people literally washing down everything coming into their house oh my and now, apparently, from what I heard, now what it really is is that you it's not as easy to get as they thought it was. And you have to be in, like, in direct contact for a prolonged period of time to get it, which yeah. I didn't realize that. Like, I, I thought it was like, hey, you could just you, – you, you get into the vicinity. That's why the subways were get, – people get in the subways because yeah. you get into a, you know, an area that has it, but it has to be, like, 
no mask and you're in there for a while, you know, that kind of thing. They, they made it seem like it was Ebola in the beginning where somebody walks past you and like, if they just look at you and breathe, it, you know, boom, you got it. And then it just Exactly, spread. exactly, exactly. But that's the problem with 24 hour news. And it's probably one of the most underrated awful things that happened to this is you can't have 20, there's not news worthy of 24 hour news. No, there's not. There needs and, to be a break. Right. And, and actually, this is one of those things that proves it because this actually had a lot of stuff coming out about it and it still didn't fill up 24 hours. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot of info. Normally, you definitely don't need 24 hour news because it's like four stories that come out a day and they just beat them to shit. This one, there was, there was actually public safety information, public health information coming out. And even that wasn't happening 24 hours of, of worth of news. Yeah. You can still pump it out in an hour. Yeah, you, you still you just bang it out. You post on a message board and let everybody figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't yeah. need, but, but then they, they have to qualify their, their job. So that's why they do that. Right. Well, yeah, that's what they do it. All the channels and all the people working for it. And now it's just the whole money thing. Now we got to yep. plug away at everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it goes into like, it goes, we can go down a whole rabbit hole with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not even good. Yeah. I mean, that's, then that gets into politics and all that jazz. Yeah. But like, and 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 I have my opinion, but but even that's like such white noise at this point. Who cares? Like I'm I'm obvious. I I don't know if it's obvious, but I you know I'm excited for November, like a lot of people are. But like, but I'm also like at this at this point, I'm like I turned it off. I I, I see stuff yeah. about it. I scroll by it. I don't. I'm still gonna vote. I still I still want to get the bullet points, but I don't care enough to watch. The, the whole idea of can you believe this? Yes. At yeah. this point, <laughs> yes, I can believe anything. You could tell me, like, you could tell me almost anything and I'll believe it at this point. Yeah, I absolutely. It's, love it. it's, it's, you know, but on a brighter note, what you yeah. said you had some things coming up. Let's uh, get some talk about some of the, the stuff you have coming up that you'd like to promote. And Oh yeah, totally. I uh, I I well, I have um, a, a movie podcast called Defend Your Movie, and then I have uh, a radio, a radio I, show. I enjoy that podcast, Sean. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks so much. And, and I'm a uh, big movie guy too, so that that one is right up my alley. Oh, nice. Yeah, tell me what you let me know what you think. Like, yeah, you know. I will. And uh, and anyway, so and then I have a, a show on Sirius Radio every Wednesday at four o'clock on Raw Dog 99 and brand new. I have a, uh, a UFO podcast coming out because there's so much time on everybody's hands. I just, I had to come up with three podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, uh, so for the past, we can even talk about this if you want to. Yeah, I'm, I I'm, want to get into that. I know Do you believe in Bob Lazarus then? Are you a You mean Bob Lazar? Lazar, I'm sorry. What'd I say? Lazarus? Lazarus, yeah. yeah. You mean from the Bible, Bob Lazarus? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, we can get into it. So let me just tell you real quick. I have this podcast coming out. It's called Skylight. I have people come on and uh, uh, what you call it? They, they tell me st stuff that they've seen. They tell me the whole story. I ask some questions about it. And you decide if you think it's something or not. Uh, as far as Bob Lazar goes, do I believe what, – what are you asking me exactly? Just your take on him as a whole. You don't have to go. I mean, it, it's I, – I, I believe him, but my I don't gut, know. Okay, so if, if for people – I don't know people that you listen to your podcast. Bob Lazar is the guy who broke – he's basically the guy who made Area 51 famous because in 1989, a story broke where he came out undercover at first, but without even yeah. his face exposed, and said that he worked at a place called S4, which is right near Area 51, and uh, that he was, he was tasked as an astrophysicist to work – on reverse engineering these alien spacecraft they had there, right? So for yep. thirty for thirty years, this guy was like people just did not like they were saying he is not who he says he is. This is totally untrue. It's all a practical joke. You can't believe him. He was hiring hookers. He did. They were trying to pretty much bash this guy for 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 years and years. So yeah. now, uh, actually, a, a guy who I've known because of my because of me getting into this, Jeremy Corbell. Did a documentary about him. That's probably what you saw, right? You saw the documentary about him. Is it the yeah. unacknowledged or uh, not unacknowledged? It's the one. It's uh, Bob Lazar UFOs in Area Fifty One. It's called yes. the one that they went on Rogan together. Yes, they went on Rogan yeah. together. Right. Okay. So, my take on it is this: I my gut tells me I that I do believe. I think he's telling the truth because so this is what I okay. So this is what it is. I, what I question with people in this world is this motive and 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 ulterior ulterior motive do they have an ulterior motive okay so when you have guys like that wacky hair guy from ancient aliens george kazamakis whatever his name <laughs> is and he's out there and he's like oh this there's mary magdalene was actually an alien like that kind of thing you know, whatever it is 
when you have when you have that, like I'm like this guy has an agenda. This guy's making at least a million dollars a year off speaking engagements and the television show and writing books or whatever it is. Bob Lazar never wrote a book. Never wrote a book. Always wanted to be left alone, pretty much. Uh, says that he came out in public because he was trying. He actually revealed who he was because he was worried about him getting like 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 taken away to a jail or 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 killed he was in his 20s when he did it so there's theories about bob Bob lazar the documentary makes me believe the story more because if you see him you go this does not seem like a guy exactly he seems very believable very believable and on the other the other theory about bob lazar is this that he he was hired by them but he was there for a different project and he said it was a ufo to his friends as a joke they were testing out like something else, and he's just never told the truth that it wasn't a UFO. Now, yeah. after the, at this point, this is thirty fucking years, thirty five years later. <laughs> yeah. Why would you not go? I was kidding. Why wouldn't you done it ten years later when you're in your thirties yeah. or forties? Yeah. Why wouldn't you have been like, I was messing around. I don't want to be bothered by this. You know, yeah. whatever it is. He's been very consistent for a long time. He tells the same yes. story. The other thing that happened with Bob Lazar is this. He ties into a very recent story. So the way that Bob Lazar said these, these, these craft were powered 30 years ago is the same way that, that now we understand they're powered because of that that's something that the, happened. The energy yeah. going one way and then coming it's, back. Yeah, and creating its own it, gravitational field. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, th- about two – this is why I got into the topic because about two years ago, three years – two years ago, three years ago, there was an article in the New York Times, and all it was about – and the New York Times, I tend to believe. If you're doing reporting on something, I tend to believe most of what the New York Times is going to say. Uh, the article was talking about a, a group within the Department of Defense called, the, uh, called ATIP, uh, and what they were tasked with doing – it was started by Harry Reid – a senator from Nevada and another senator. And what they were tasked with doing was looking into these videos that military sources were sending into their higher-ups saying they could not explain what these things were. So mm-hmm. what these guys in this group, ATIP, were supposed to do was look at these videos and find out reasons of what they, buy, they possibly could be. So they did that. These guys are paid to be observant. They came up with a list of 150 things these things could be, and they could not explain 10% mm-hmm. of them. And after they started looking into it more, they realized the way these things are probably powered is the same exact way that Bob yeah. Lazar said they're powered. So yeah. that makes me th- – you aren't talking about fucking rednecks in the middle of the forest being like, I saw them. Exactly, Bob. man. And you're talking about right. guys who are, can stand to lose everything. And look up – if you tell people to look up the Nimitz incident, okay? The, the guy – the guy um, uh, uh, David uh, – um, oh, uh, Fravor. David Fravor. Look up David Fravor on Joe Rogan and tell me that guy doesn't seem believable. That story was I have super to look convincing. at him. I don't know him. I haven't seen that. Yeah, that That's one cool. I don't know. I, I look just, up I those. looked a lot of the Bob Lazar stuff. And he he was like a Navy pilot or something, right? He had a really convincing story. He was a guy who was in charge of 300 uh, pilots on the, on the, um, uh, the Nimitz uh, uh, um aircraft carrier okay and he was the head of those guys okay so you, i can tell you the story if you want i don't want to monopolize the conversation here but oh please but, uh so I mean, this stuff is right up my alley that's why yeah, i kind of brought good. it up i love okay, this so shit so this is a guy back, i'll tell you back in 2004 uh for i'll tell you the really i'll try to tell a quick version of it two weeks in a row the roosevelt which was an aircraft carrier a ship that was near the nimitz was tracking these things on their radar for two weeks straight. And these objects, they were getting these objects that would go, they would come, uh, go up to 50,000 feet, and then they were tracking them there, and then come down to 50 feet above the water, and then go right back up in two seconds. They were going okay. remarkable speeds, right? So the Nimitz and the Roosevelt Legacy would talk back and forth, whatever it was, right? So Fravor is the head of the pilots on the Nimitz. One day, Fravor and one other pilot, they're in an F-18, and they're with, uh, they're doing exercises with another plane with two other pilots in it. Out of nowhere, they're radioed in, and they're told, uh, what, what is, what are you up to? What are you doing? Um, uh, you have real world testing, which means something's actually going on. And they go, we're seeing these objects again. We want you to go see if you can get eyes on these things. So they, uh, they fly over to where the, the location of where they said the object was, uh, the people on the radio at the ship go, well, you're, you're at, uh, not cap point. What's it called? Plot merge, which means that they were right on top of whatever they're trying to look at. They yeah. could, the, the radar couldn't differentiate between the plane and the actual object. So they go wow. look around. What do you see? Fravor looks down and sees 
uh, a giant hundred foot space of water kind of frothing up like you're boiling it or something right okay and yeah. and, and, and right above that he sees like he thinks he sees an object a huge object below the water and right above that he sees a 40 foot tic-tac shaped object with no wings and no exhaust bouncing around like a ping pong ball above the wall above that frothing water and that object right so he tells the other plane he goes I'm going to get a better look. You stay above to get to witness the whole interaction. He heads down, tries to get behind this thing to get a better look. He's a couple thousand feet away. This thing takes notice of him. They start going in a clockwise circle. Uh, he tries to cut across the circle to get closer to this thing. It takes off from like a thousand feet above the water to, to, to 30,000 feet in one second. Like one set. This thing's gone. Like it's fucking gone. So I've he's seen like, like videos of stuff like that where they shoot all over the place. Like real. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, you don't know what the. But this is know. the most believable it's story because they have, they have video that was taken. When they got back, another pilot went out and they got video of one of these objects. So one of the, there's three videos that were released. The Go, Fi, Go Fast video, the Gimbal and one more, and they, they all were released at the same time this article came out, and they've, they've just, that was able to happen a few months ago, or a couple months ago, with Department of Defense. When we're in quarantine, the Department of Defense said, yes, these videos are real, and we don't know what's in these videos, which is huge, because the last time the government admitted that something was unidentified was like right before Roswell happened, and they, the they said- they said it was a flying saucer and then took it back. So since yeah. then, yep. the hard line of the government has always been like, no, there's no, no. We, they no. always try and come up with an excuse and justify yeah. what it is. They never admit why. that they know. Yeah, so, I thought it was so crazy, though, when that happened. Like, nobody seemed to care. It was like the last story of the day during this quarantine. Nobody, <laughs> nobody cares because it's They try not, and brush that shit under the rug. Yeah. That's why I think they did it during uh, COVID. I think that's why they were like, oh, we'll just do it now. And we can't be called on it later. But, you know. So I just feel like there's, there's more reason to believe it than not, in my opinion, because you have to be a little naive, in my in, in my opinion, to think that we're the only ones here in the world or in the, in, in the universe, whatever you want to call it. Right. And I, I'll tell you another reason I believe it is, like I said, the ulterior motive of people. David Fravor, the only time, the only time that he, he told this story in public was after he retired because – he was a guy who had everything to lose. He's got his family, his friends, all that. Like they would think he was a freaking kook. And then because of, I think, of the New York Times and this journalist, Leslie Keen, like he finally came out and told his story. But before that, that story was just something he told his friends at a bar. And if you watch yeah. this guy, you're like, this is a career military guy. This isn't, this isn't some guy trying to be TikTok famous. This is just some regular yeah. guy. It's so true. to me, that's why I'm so into it because the minute you look into it, there's a lot of bullshit, but there's so much stuff that you're like, that seems kind of for real to me. Like that's like for a rational brain, which I think I have, and yeah. it, it seems pretty for real. So that's why I got into it. And that's why I'm doing the podcast because I wanted something that sounded that wasn't just like spooky sounds and like weird, you know, weird hair. Dude, you, you know? got me. I'm all in on that's this one. I love yeah. this. Yeah. I'm in for What's that. the name of the podcast again? It's called Skylight. Come, the first episode comes out uh, Thursday. Oh, Thursday. So, dude, I'm in. I can't know, wait. Yeah, where would, where can we find it? You can find it on uh, 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 Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever, and um, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and uh, I think it's going to be on Pandora. I think I submitted that. Cool. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. By the way, did you guys see that uh, Unsolved Mysteries is coming back on Netflix? Yeah, uh, I did. I, I heard about that. Like that's a right. reboot, or they're re-airing the old episode? I think it's a reboot. It's a reboot. Oh, that's going to be cool. Oh, that nice. show used to creep me out when I was a kid. Me too. looking forward to it now. Did they say who's hosting it? They, I didn't see anything with a host. Mm. But it's the same people that, that the same group involved that, that, that had the original one uh, got together with the people that made Stranger Things. Is from what, from uh, what I heard. Oh, school. the Duffer Brothers or whatever those guys yeah. are? So, yeah. Uh, I, you know what? It's all going to be about the host, though, because a bad host will ruin it. Yeah, Robert that Stack. Was Robert best. Stack was amazing. He was, he was, he was the best. That voice, that music, it was fantastic. He had the nice hair. I mean, the the, the grayish. You know, yeah, he looked good. A good one, that guy. He's awesome. Um, but see, that's great. That I'm glad you're doing a podcast into that into this this field, though, because that this stuff highly. And I don't know many many of my friends don't know. Like, they're not into the whole alien or UFO stuff. Well, and I'm not like yeah. the conspiracy theorist, but like you said, I like to think I'm pretty level-headed and some of them, it's all about where it comes from. And this is just one that seems too much stuff is 
seems to be true. That's how I was. Before I read this article, I was a guy who was like, yeah, I guess it's probably true, but it's probably you can chalk it up to something in, in our world. That's yeah. the way I thought it was. But yeah. when, you ha- when you have military guys that, are, that seem pretty sober and pretty well-versed and, and pretty observant and, 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 and saying like, and really have like, like they can look, they can be embarrassed and they they're come like, out and they're like, yeah. we saw this stuff. That makes me go, oh, maybe it's worth looking into it and then have yeah. an opinion about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's all sorts of cool theories on what it is because that's why that's the ones I believe the ones that go we don't know what it is. we're not saying it's little green men we're just saying we don't know what it is yeah well that's what it is it, the, the to admit that you don't know is <laughs> makes me think that it's a lot more believable exactly exactly now what exactly do you do on the movie podcast I'm, I'm not gonna lie I'll be guilty I haven't heard it yet but that's something uh, that I, that's right yeah. uh, we it's called defend your movie so a guest comes on and defends we we put, we pit two movies against each other the original uh, the two movies that have similar themes the original podcast was that we um it was supposed to be you would come on and you would have a movie that you love that nobody else does and you would defend it but that never worked out because people would come on. And a lot of the times people go, I love it because it's so bad. I'm like, that's not a defense of the movie. Yeah. And then, uh, so it, was, it never worked out because they wouldn't be as enthusiastic. But when you pit two movies against each other, people get really emotional and really like, that will, he, yeah, he you want to make sure you like that or whatever. Right. Yeah. I yeah. always it, try to do that with the verbs because people always tell me they don't think it's a great comedy. And I feel like uh, the verbs is one of my favorite comedies it's of amazing. all time. And the Burbs has a huge like. Believe me, there's a lot of there's a silent fan base out there. About the Burbs. Yeah. People, a lot of people love the Burbs. But that movie got shitted, like critically destroyed. Like it wasn't. Oh yeah. You never get here. You no one ever mentions the Burb for Tom Hanks. But you got Bruce Dern, got Corey uh, Feldman. It's got a uh, what's his name, uh, Gary uh, Fisher. It's got a great cast. But that movie, the plot, yeah, I, I was. It's got just, that. I think it's, that guy's great. The guy Rick Ducommon, whatever his name is. He was, a, I think, it was a Canadian art. Art, yeah. He's a Canadian stand-up. That guy. He's, the, he, uh, he's. The, I think it's the same. I don't know if it's the same guy. I think it's the same guy that's in Groundhog Day. Yes. Oh, like yeah. the towny guy. Like it's like. Yeah. Put that anywhere, yes, pal. Yeah, the that same guy. Guy. Oh. <laughs> that's. I didn't know the director was the same guy who made Gremlins. Oh yeah, what's his name again? It's like Joe. I, I, no, I forget his name, but I not know Joe this. Don Joe Dante or something like that. Like Joe, yes, yeah, something Joe, like that. Yeah, yes, Joe Dante. I something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like that movie, I always find myself debating it, and that 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 one I stand by is not just a cult favorite for me, but I think it's one of the best comedies of all time. I'll tell you, Bruce Dern is like a, one of the funniest parts of that movie. Bruce Dern is amazing in that movie. He's one of my favorite. Yeah, ever since that movie, he's one of my favorites ever. I love him in everything. You know what's a great movie that people don't talk about a lot, and it's really fun to watch, and Oliver Platt's in it, who's like one of my favorites? Uh, Digstown. It also has Bruce Dern. You ever seen okay. Digstown? Yes. Oh. I, I don't re- I, I've seen that a while ago. But it's awesome. I watch it's anything really with him in it. Yeah, he's awesome. Now, did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Did you like yes, Bruce Dern? Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, he was great in that. He's also great Bolo. in Nebraska. He's also great in Nebraska. Nebraska, he's phenomenal in. Nebraska, he was a fantastic movie. Um, but yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was one of those people that went to go see it in the theaters, did not like it. Rewatched, really? Yeah, rewatched it and loved it. I've seen it four times total now. Yeah, I've watched it a bunch. I went the night it came out, and I I don't know. See, when I first watched it, I didn't you know loved if I loved it. right it off the bat, Chip. Yes, I did love it. I didn't know if I was biased, and then I rewatched it, and I, and I really think it's one of his. Listen, it's not his best, but I it's up there as far as one of his better movies. Well, once I knew the point of what it was, like what it was trying to accomplish, I liked it even more. Yes. And there's a, there's a quote from a review that that I saw like uh, highlighted on on a website uh, that was this movie cares, which really made me like it more because if you really think about it to create something like that think about what it had to go into making it look like that even like, oh like, yeah oh my god you know how hard it would have been to like make all that stuff look believable like you were driving around oh, in that time and all he, he made a whole um basically this um filmography for uh leonardo dicaprio yeah Paris. yeah yeah exactly like he made a whole career for that guy and they got green lighted, and they're doing Bounty Hunter now as a, a series. Uh, oh, the, I think it's uh, going to be on Netflix. Oh, get out of oh, cool. here with I didn't know with that. DiCaprio. That I don't know. I just know it got green lit, and it's even on IMDb. But there, there will be a Bounty Hunter series. I hope to God it's DiCaprio, but I don't know. 
It's gotta be. It gotta it go. Or, to or be, like, right? or unless they, unless they play it like a, a a bounty hunter, uh, a bounty law, bounty law. That's what it's called, right? Bounty law. Bounty, bounty hunter. Whatever, bounty whatever law. it's called. Yeah, bounty yeah. law reboot, where it's like it's supposed to be the thing that comes out after the DiCaprio one, that's but it's within, true. with like a couple of years later, but within the same world. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I can't wait. For They're that. also coming out with a four-hour version of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for Netflix, just like yes, Hateful Eight. It's like oh, the unedited four? version. I can't, oh, I'm cool. sorry, yeah. I tap out at four hours. That's <laughs> way too long. For me. What are you gonna? You're long. in quarantine, Brendan. What are you gonna do, dude? Not not. What, are you gonna make before. muffins? What are you gonna do? Can I tell you what they're probably gonna do? They did a four-hour Hateful Eight, same same thing. Yeah, Netflix, but they chopped it up into four episodes. That's oh, cool. see, that's a good idea. Wait, they did that for real? For Hateful Eight, if you go on, I watch it every night too because I I like going to sleep. To, I like going to sleep to Quentin Tarantino movies because of the dialogue. I know the movie so and well. And because it's- you're a psychopath, is that one? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I go. He, 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 he like, I go to bed. I go to bed to the Gimp scene from Pulp Fiction every night. I can't fall asleep <laughs> unless the unless if I don't hear the Gimp laughing, I, I, I that means that it's dream time. It's sleepy time for me. Lullaby, yeah. But the um yeah the hateful eight the extended version is four episodes so they broke out oh, they broke okay. down the movie into episodes and they it's just a lot of added dialogue in, in the scenes and stuff it was cool I well, can't wait hateful eight is kind of like a uh, turn of the century uh, Reservoir Dogs like it's kind of the same thing it, no yeah I agree people uh, that one got sh- a lot of people didn't like that one and I you know I I, I guess I get it but it was up my it, I loved it yeah I wasn't a huge huge fan. Sean, are you big? Are you a big Tarantino fan in general? Yes, yes, okay. yes. I was like obsessed when I was when he was like big and when Pulp Fiction came out and all that. Yeah. I was big into it then, so I've always been a huge fan. Yeah, and I was I, big, I, big into Wes Anderson too for a while, but I I've grown to be more critical of Wes Anderson because he just got too far up his own ass. Yeah, he was better in the beginning. Well, you know what the theory is stuff. because it was used to be Owen Wilson or him were half and half as far as creative went. And then the more that Owen Wilson wasn't involved, it became more like every movie was just like this like weird like universe, like this weird like art like storybook universe. And some yeah. of them I like, like um, but I what I really didn't like Wes Anderson's that's recent is Moonrise Kingdom. Uh wait, what didn't was it? Moon, Moonrise Kingdom. No, uh, Moonrise Kingdom. What'd you say? Oh, okay. I actually I did not see that. I know what you're talking about, but I did not see that. Uh, and then the, the I didn't the Grand Budapest Hotel I liked a lot actually that one was good that was, that was good. good that, that was, was good. good yeah that was good are you a Cohen Brothers fan yes my uh, yes we've talked about we talk about the podcast all the time I think they might have the best track record out of all the directors uh, as far as how many how many fucking masterpieces no oh, country for, no country for all men is in my top five um, and uh, and then but if you watch did you watch Buster Scruggs speaking of episodes. Buster Scruggs is great. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah, it's Bruce. unbelievable. Unbelievable. I've never seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. it. Oh, I check it out. One of my picks. Right. I'll check that it was out. One of my picks from a long it's time. It's like one the of the Coen Brothers. I'm a, I'm, I, I, I'm a big fan of the Coen Brothers. Oh, watch it's it. One that got away from me. Watch right. it tonight. It's, it, it, it's, it's one of the most. It's also, it's, it's very, it's sad. It's, it can be brutal at times, but it's one of the most beautifully shot movies you'll ever see. All right, yeah, it is. It really is. I agree with you 100 percent on that. The acting's phenomenal. It's it's really fucking cool. I recommended that uh, movie on this show on the, on this show, and and B was like on the fence about it too. And I remember trying to tell you like, trust it. It's cool. good. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a shot. Oh, it's on even Netflix. If, Sweet. Even if you watch the first two, at least. Yeah. But they're all, right. all vignettes. That's why. That's why you can give it a shot because they're all vignettes. If you don't like one, it's gonna be over in like 15 minutes. You know, like. Yeah. All right, and I was trying to look at it. I just Googled it. That was what it, my favorite was. Uh, West End, well, not my favorite. Well, one of my favorites besides Rushmore was the Darjeeling uh, Unlimited. Oh, yeah. Darjeeling Limited. Yeah. Darjeeling Limited. I love that movie. My favorite Wes Anderson is probably Tenenbaums, if I had to guess one. Oh, wait. I forgot about it. He did do the Tenenbaums. Tenenbaums is better than Rushmore, but I love <laughs> Rushmore, too. Rushmore is amazing. They're like the same type of movie. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. But I don't know. I could go on about movies at all. I used to Absolutely. do picks on this. Just way, so you just, know, I did Chick's picks. And yeah, I we're gonna we're, we're gonna be wrapping up soon. But Chick informed me today that so Sean Chick used to do our friend Tom down there. He used to do every episode. He would do a Chick's pick and used to as in last episode. <laughs> and then he stopped doing it. 
And I'm like, we have a guy that has a movie podcast on now. And he's like, no, I think I'm done with the movie stuff. <laughs> well, I knew I would talk about him. I'm like on the fence with it. I just, I want to go, I got to rechange how I do my pitch. Well, you know what I just watched for the, oh, no, I'm late to the party on that I just watched for the first time was A Quiet Place. And I loved it. Okay. Love that it? was good. Yeah. I'll tell you why I loved it. What a second one. They are. They are. Well, they were supposed to yeah. release it. And then, I thought it didn't come out. Or I, didn't no, no, come out saying, I just know it is coming out. I don't I'll know. tell you why I loved it, because I watched a knockoff version of it first. So it showed you how good it was by how bad the knockoff. The I watched one was... Not the Sandra Bullock one. I watched one with, uh, with um, uh, Stanley Tucci called, like, the, 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 the like, a soundless or something, like the no sound or whatever. I forget what it's yeah. called. But it's so bad. It's like really? it's like it's like comically bad. Like it's bad. Uh, I like, Tucci. like you root for the family. I love Stanley Tucci, but it's bad. And you like root for the family to get killed. Like it's like that kind of bad. And, <laughs> and but when you watch Quiet Place, I'm like, oh my god! First off, surprising John Krasinski, dude. He directed it. Amazing right. job directing. He that. actually, yeah, he did do a yeah. good job on Very that. Talented, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So, so I, I would recommend The Quiet Place because that's one movie I didn't think I would ever was ever gonna watch. And then when I watched it, one of the best, one of the best last scenes, like very last scenes, yeah, very in good. a movie. It's a badass scene. Yeah. Can I good ask ending. before we wrap up? Is it scary? Because I, I'm not. A, I'm the same way, Brendan. I'm I the same way. I wouldn't call it scary. I would. It's thrilling, not scary. Not scary. Suspenseful. Okay. I'm the yeah. same. I don't like scary movies. I didn't mess with it because I was like, ah, I don't want scary. Much more suspenseful than than scary. I this is I'm the same way as you, Brandon. I can take suspenseful. I like suspenseful, but not scary. And even to the point where I hadn't watched Cabin in the Woods because I thought it was scary. I just watched that for the first okay. time too. And it's so good. It, watch watch that if, that if was you good. have. All right. I just not other, what you think it is. I've been watching The Sopranos lately, and that's about scary. Am I right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My point, like that show, is. Like I started rewatching it, and all they do is eat in that fucking show. Oh yeah, but that's what Italians do. Yeah, yes. I'm sorry to go so off topic. I was just thinking. Yeah, no, been, no, it's a phenomenal that's show. That's all right. But that's why I haven't Did been I doing picks you? either because I, I haven't watched much. I've been watching that a lot lately, and I did watch one movie though recently that I thought was good, and it's Just Mercy with Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Fox. Hold on, I gotta check it out. Uh, it's about like a true story, though. It was good about a guy who's on death row and uh, for a crime he didn't commit, and the lawyer takes on. He does like wrongful conviction. Are you bringing chick picks back now? What's no, going? no, just one movie. <laughs> just one movie. Okay. Did you want me to? But have you all seen The Sopranos or no? Yes, I no, well, but no. I'm in, I'm probably not going to watch it. He's never okay because because check check. You want me to uh, tell you my what I figured one a crazy thing I figured out about The Sopranos. Yes, go for it. Okay, so really quickly, um, do you remember the scene where they're doing the intervention for Christopher? My favorite episode of the show. Okay, remember when – okay, so at one point, Tony Soprano finds out that Christopher suffocated the dog because he was high on heroin. Remember that? <laughs> By and the way – that's one of my favorite scenes. I'm, I know he, it, yeah. I'm a big dog lover, but that uh, was, it's so fucking brutal. But here's he the thing. He falls asleep. He falls asleep and kills the dog. And then when Tony finds out, because he's a thing with animals in the show, he freaks out. But, but what does he say? He says, I should suffocate you. And how does he kill Christopher at the end of the show? Wow. Oh, mind blown. Dude, that, Isn't that crazy? That's a deep cut. That's, that's. I never and even. I would never put that together. There's no way that's not on purpose. There's no way they didn't do that on purpose. Yeah, that, that then, that's definitely oh. true. And the, the other thing, thing what, oh sorry, go, go ahead. Go. No, you go. You go. No, the, I had another thing about when what's his name? Uh, remember when Vito is gay and then they they track him down his his cousins. Uh, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, Who's yeah. the guy? Who's tra Frank Vincent tracks him down? Yeah, yeah. To kill him. When Frank Vincent kills him, he comes out of a closet. Oh, and that's got to be on purpose too. Cool. I thought it was a thing like, oh, that cat—they're trying to tell you that character's gay, and that's why he's so mad about Vito being gay. Interesting. Oh, that's true. That could be it. My my two favorite episodes were the the intervention episode, and then the one where Paulie and and they get lost in the woods. B that you were mentioning that. Oh, that's one of the best ones. Yeah. Those are the two best episodes in the whole show. Absolutely there's, great. When they're a, stuck in the ketchup packets at the end. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like eight hours. Like, ah. 
So great. One of my yeah. favorite lines ever is when Johnny Sack's wife gets married. Remember that that episode? Johnny <laughs> and wife. And, it went, and then Johnny Sack asks Tony Soprano, he goes, can you kill Rusty for me? The little guy. He goes, can you kill him for me, right? And then, and then he goes, ah, I got to think about it. So he goes back over to Christopher and like Silvio. And he goes, he wants me to kill Rusty. He says he can whack Rusty, whatever. And Christopher goes, isn't there a thing where he can't refuse uh, your request on his daughter's wedding day or something? And then Tony goes, nah, it's the other way around. He goes, he gives me, he can't refuse my request. And he goes, you should ask not to do this. It's one of the best lines. He goes, you should ask not to do this. <laughs> I mean, it's, that show it's is borderline a comedy, The Sopranos. Oh, it really is. It well, absolutely is. A hundred percent. I mean, yeah. If, if you weren't Maybe laughing, give it another shot. I just oh, Chris, I found you, it so slow. Listen, what? it is slow. So but slow. Are you out of your mind? Is this are you, is this guy for real? Are you for real? Are you kidding me? The only slow season is like the last one, maybe, and that. I mean, yeah, but at that point, you're already. In well, that's what I said. At that point, you're already invested, so it's not slow because it's how they're I've, ending it up. I've never heard The Sopranos described as slow. Like well, everybody, not how I would describe it. No yeah, way. I just think, I mean, I get it. I, when they're just sitting there eating and all they talk about is Foyadel and fucking, oh my God. It's just, I can listen to them talk for hours. It's just great. It's, it's you great might, writing. You might join the mafia just so you can, yeah. Yeah. He needs to find some a mafia that, like, podcast. Sopranos. <laughs> Sopranos. They, they actually have one. They have a, a Sopranos podcast. Yeah, they, 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 they do. Um, yeah, Chris, you should watch this, you know, listen to the Sopranos podcast and go along with their episodes. That, that's what you should do. I should do that. I haven't tried to watch it since I was like 15, so. All right. Oh, yeah. dude, you got to check yeah. it out again. Maybe you'll like it better. Chris, me and Chris actually met Furio one night. Yeah, so that was awesome. You, you got to. He was one of the greatest characters out there. Or if you're not going to watch that, watch The Wire. That's my favorite show of all time. Wire. I'm trying to get my parents to watch The Wire right now. Yep. The Wire is the best show of all time. I, I love it. I think it's the, I think it's hands down the best show of all time. I've watched, rewatched it like three times. I think the that's what I'm going to watch after Sopranos. I'm going to go back and watch The Wire. <laughs> yeah, dude. But, uh, it's great. But listen, man, this has been a lot of fun, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Thank you so much for joining us. Of tonight. course. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. And now what your, your uh, Instagram... Is my Instagram and my Twitter is at Shoney Time. That's at S E A N Y T I M E. All right, great. Cool. Give him a follow, uh, Sean. You're you're one of my favorite people uh, that I've I've come across. Uh, you, you're the best. Thank and you, I'm buddy. Really looking forward to this podcast. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate you having uh, me. It's good to see you, brother. What's the name of that again? I I have a terrible. Memory. Oh, the UFO one is called Skylight. 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 Yeah. I can't wait Guys, to listen check to out that. Skylight. I'm definitely going to be uh, – I'll be on that. That'll be out this Thursday. Cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate um, it. And do we have anything else? You, no. Oh, can I, I – I'm actually going to be uh, hosting a Zoom comedy show this Friday. <laughs> oh, okay. I need to see this. You know, <laughs> so anybody that listens to – if you want to see me squirm on a computer, you can tune in on 8, uh, 8.30. I'll put the uh, – I'll put all the information out <laughs> Do you want me to give you? Uh, you want, I'll tell you, man. The way I've been doing them, and I know, the, I know what you mean. Like you're nervous to do it, right? It's like, what the fuck? First of all, there's no stakes. Mm -hmm. I would do it, and then do, I would do it. No, I've been doing them. I just been ranting. Like I've been fitting jokes into ranting. Okay. So if, you, if you're doing jokes and like I have fat jokes that I do that I say is because of the quarantine. I'm like I'm gaining weight during the quarantine. I just do an old joke, you know that yeah. kind of thing. So if you if you do it in a ranty way, or you do it like where you're just talking, that's the that gets the best reaction. That's what I've noticed. Because I've seen people just like do their act against the wall. And I'm like, yeah, it's not the same thing. I don't see it. That's all right. That That's good to hear. Because that's, I was kind of like, do I stand up? Do I, did you stand up doing it? Or did you no. sit down? Okay. <laughs> that no would way. be so awkward. Please, please use that microphone, but don't have it plugged in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be ridiculously but here's the thing. I'd like, like we said before, man, you bomb on a Zoom show. Who gives a fuck? Who I can't. You know what? I still, I still you do. Still <laughs> you have more credits than me. <laughs> um, but Sean, you are, you're great. Thank you so much for coming on here. Um, no problem. And we will, uh, yeah, guys, like and subscribe. Follow Sean Donnelly. And uh, I think that's it, right? Yeah, man. Be safe out yeah, there for everything, on, Sean. Sean. Of course, yeah, if you guys. You guys made it this far. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.